The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to Tom and Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Bach just pointed out during the break the Big Ten is reevaluating what they do with forfeits. It's now an automatic forfeit, and it's been this way, what, this year in college football as well. If your team comes down with COVID, but we're good, uh, you forfeit. Creighton won a game with Seton Hall. Hmm. Uh, not Seton Hall, but they, DePaul uh, the other night. Um, and it's it's happening on a regular basis throughout college basketball that if you can't play, it's a forfeit. But now they're realizing it's not necessarily anybody's fault. I think early on before the vaccine, you're thinking, well, you went to a bunch of parties and you were vaccinated. That's on you. We didn't do those things. You have to forfeit. Yeah. Now everybody, for the most part, or most teams are completely vaccinated. And in college football that's, and basketball, that's much more likely to be the case. The coaches are vaccinated. We had a, a coach fired, Rolovic, uh, at Washington State because he wasn't. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can't blame somebody if they're fully vaccinated. They've had the, the COVID booster, and their team still comes down with it. I, I, I just don't know that the forfeit anymore is appropriate. Yeah, I never really thought it was. I mean, I, I get your argument, but, uh, you know, I, I just think it's tough when you're dealing with 19-year-old kids that if one of them goes out and, and maybe is it the uh, most common. But, I mean, it's not, you know, sometimes you can say, oh, he's just a party or whatever. Maybe he's going to see his family. Maybe he's uh, got, like, three people that he sees and yeah. one of them comes down with COVID. Right. So, it's. I mean, it's it's it, the fault thing was always hard for me to begin with. Um, so, and, and it's hard to trace. Um, so, I, I think I, I like the idea. I don't like a forfeit mostly because I don't like a, the other team benefiting in the standings from not having played or earned a win. Right. Um, and so, what if Nebraska is their best win, Michigan State, because <laughs> they, they have COVID? Can they put we'll that? Take it. Can they put that on the tournament resume as far as big wins? Yeah, the big does it forfeit translate into <laughs> the rankings? The Ken Palm does he factor that in? Yeah, well, they do have that big forfeit win over Michigan State. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
So I mean, I like I like that they're reevaluating that, especially you know for Big Ten play here. On the other, on the flip side of the coin, the college football playoff has has made it clear that if if a team can't play, that's a forfeit, and the other team moves on, or you know might might even be the champion right. in the championship game if that's the case. And for that for that you know group, I don't know if they necessarily have a choice. I mean, yeah. do you, unless you want to do replacement teams from yeah. bowl games, um, in in you know select somebody else to go in there, but half those teams don't have their coach yeah. or, you know, like all the teams that were kind of Notre Dame or whatever, yeah. who was just outside. It's just it, yeah. it, potential for a big mess. But I, I really hope, like I said, crossing my fingers, because all this is happening at championship time for college football. Uh, and I hope that the playoffs aren't infected too much. I'm sure a few players yeah. are going to have to miss the games here and there, but hopefully it's not the, the primetime players. And hopefully I pray to God, there's no forfeit yeah. coming out of it. The history of viruses says that you don't get rid of them ever, uh, very rarely, and you take all the precautions you can, you get vaccinated, and then what happens after that is, you know, just maybe bad luck to a certain degree. You caught it. Uh, But it's a virus, and it's not going anywhere. At least it hasn't, and I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. So to punish a team that's done all the right things and still has to forfeit Seems completely unfair. But do you think there's any other choice for the college football playoff in particular? Delay it. I mean, that's what the NFL is doing. Why, why yeah. is it a big problem if you do it on a next Tuesday? Uh, we had a Tuesday night game last night. We had two Tuesday night games and two Monday night games because the NFL has said we're going to do everything we possibly can uh, to get these games in. Uh, and if you scheduled a national championship uh, without any na- true national champion because they get they won on a forfeit. That'd be really rough. Could you imagine the NFL playoffs? Yeah, they went they three games. They got to the Super Bowl because of forfeit. Well, yeah, and I, and I hope they would, and I think they would evaluate the NFL because it's worked so far. Um, but, it, I mean, there's also a chance with these, you know, bleeding into the next week, right, when you're playing on Tuesday. Um, what if it? What if it's not better by then, what, you know? Um, um, so, I mean, it, it's just it's, it's fascinating to see the different leagues, the different playoff structures, that are the, the way that everybody's going about it. Um, and and it's just it's just a mess, but uh, it's, it's something that everybody's fighting through. Yep. Uh, we mentioned this earlier in the show. Mickey Joseph, his new contract, $600,000. Uh, Donovan Riola is going to get $325,000. Um, and then we'll see what Nebraska is willing to pay for a defensive line coach if, in fact, Tony Tuioti does move on to Oregon. You can't blame a guy like that if he does, right? He, he's known for recruiting Polynesian players at a high level. There's a lot of those available in the Pac-12. Um, and he's you know spent some time, a lot of time, in his home state of Hawaii Easier to get a kid, uh, kid from Hawaii to the Pac-12 in Oregon than it is to Lincoln, Nebraska. He's had success recruiting Polynesian players. But I'm not going to blame him for a second if he decides to move on to a place like Oregon, right? No, I won't blame him. And, and obviously, you know, you wish that these were, you know, forever type of moves and you could keep your, keep your best coaches. But for a guy that usually, um, you know, you just kind of want to add to your resume and, and build it the best way you can. And like you said, it's probably easier to for his recruiting and, and what he knows. He's a West Coast type of guy. So, I mean, to go back to the West Coast would help. That was exciting about him to begin with yeah. is that he could pull some of those players in. Uh, so Nebraska will have to maybe find a replacement along the West Coast recruiting for that or, you know, who knows what, you know, you know what the idea is going to be for the next defense of line coach but uh, yeah I mean that it's in some ways good to see guys move on and get 
you know, better jobs or whatever. Maybe yeah. it's a high paying job. A lot of this just comes down. You'll give me a hundred thousand more. Yeah, I'll go to it that way. Hmm. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, that means that there's something successful going on in your program. Right. And, you know, sometimes you can lose that right blend of just having all the yeah. right guys in the place at the right time. Um, but, you know, I guess you just kind of keep going back to the old, the old ideas. How much can it really hurt your three and nine football team yeah. to lose yeah. these pieces? I mean, because there are a lot of big pieces leaving, but um, it just wasn't all that successful to begin with. It was yeah. close, as we know. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's a tough blow because he's an he's definitely an up and comer in the coaching profession. Yeah, I wonder how many follow. I I just hope that it ends it there because I think Travis Fisher is going to have options if he wants yeah. to go down that road. He's known as a great recruiter and still making a little hay in the transfer portal, even with a tough year, another tough year for Nebraska in year four. Uh, so I, it, it'll be a, a big hit. I think it already is a big hit that you lose Tony Tuioti. You can't lose Fisher and Eric Shenander as well. If you end up rebuilding this entire staff, then I'm concerned. Then I'm, I'm like, I'm, duh, is what you would respond. Right. Duh. <laughs> uh, because you kept all of the defensive staff because – that was the strength of the team. Eric Shenander was building a culture. Tony Tuioti was building a culture with the way his defensive linemen played and fought through stuff. Uh, now, if you lose a Fisher, uh, I don't even want to think about that. Well, the one part that you would, you know, and it would be good because there's so much transition in that secondary to keep Fisher there. So I get that. Um, but another part of, but, about what hurts Tuioti is just the, the lack of consistency, uh, I guess, for your biggest strength that I would see on the team so far, which is your front seven. Right. I think that was the best yeah. unit that they had coming back. And I know that's two units, but, you know, kind of the best strength of the team. Certainly not along the offensive line. You're getting a new quarterback. Running backs don't do it. Wide receivers are OK. Um, the secondary is brand new. Um, but you have, you know, the, the, the Ty Robinsons and, and, you know, some of those, the Casey Rogers and, yeah. and those guys up front. And then, of course, the linebacker unit's pretty solid. A lot of those guys coming back. So the front seven looked good. And now you lose a piece, at least, you know, in coaching that. So um, that's where I think it, it maybe hits the most is that your biggest strength, and you don't have a whole lot of strengths to point to, no. takes a hit. No, and I think one of the things I liked about uh, the offensive changes, bringing in Mark Whipple and certainly Mickey Joseph, but you did keep Sean Becton, who knows the system. You kept Scott Frost, uh, who obviously knows what he wants to do. And we had heard, at least, and we'll see if that happens, that Mark Whipple and Scott Frost are going to keep a lot of the terminology the same, right? They're, they're not going to change a bunch of terminology, which can really confuse 18, 19, 20-year-olds. You're speaking you know, Spanish one day and then French the next day. That's a big deal. What if that happens on both sides of the ball, where... You lose an Eric Shenander, and then you bring in a new defensive coordinator. You can't keep all the terminology the same, I wouldn't think. Maybe you can. It seems like it would be very difficult to do that. Um, to me, that would be the biggest disaster, is if they lost Eric Shenander. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it's just, you know, and it's easy on a day like this to start compile everything and put it on top of each yeah. other and say, this is just a big disaster. And it somewhat is, but it, it, I mean, it's, it's what you signed up for to begin with. Yeah. You knew this defensive staff was going to get poached or get offers um, because they had a good year and they deserve to, to you know, get credit elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you decided to bring back frost, I think that that was, had to be part of the ideas that, you know, you'd have to fight off teams to keep to and Fisher and yeah. Shenander. And uh, you know, the first one of those guys now gone, um, you know, it's 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 like it's an uphill battle for any of this to work, and it makes it a little bit more difficult. But it doesn't. Again, you just kind of go back to well, 
you're a three and nine team looking to get better. And uh, so a lot of, you know, even if the stuff that was working, you know, who, who knows how much it's going to translate from year to year. And, um, and, and it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's just like you said, the new terminology. I mean, this stuff can't hurt, but uh, you know, it's, it's an uphill battle to begin with. It maybe got a little bit more uphill with that news, but uh, um, you know, it's not, it's not as, you know, it's not like the, the challenge is a whole lot more than it was before. Uh, Nebraska women's basketball has improved to 12 and O they get a 72, 60 win over 61 win over Wyoming, who is previously four and four. So they're four and five. Now Nebraska 12 and O um, and they're, pl- they're humming right now. Uh, Jazz Shelley, pl- another good game from the field, five of nine uh, and 11 rebounds, man. She's just uh, every night brings it. One of four from the field. Let's see. Hybe, three of six. Um, Nebraska with another solid performance. They haven't been spectacular. And we'll see once the competition definitely upgrades. But um, there's a lot of hope that this could be an NCAA tournament team. Well, yeah, and I keep going back to the fact. And, again, no, I know it's a little bit different of a team from last year. But they they were like they could compete with almost anybody on a given night. I mean, they were beating really good teams last year. It was just that they were kind of playing down to competition. So I know that they're not playing the best schedule so far, and that's probably why they're not ranked yet. Um, but I believe in them when they take up that step of competition. But what the, the problem was, was taking care of the competition they should have beaten last year. They should have been an NCAA tournament team probably last year, just given on their strength of their, their best wins. But some of their losses weren't great. And so it looks like they're, as you build the program, sometimes it's just steps. And Nebraska, basket, Nebraska women's basketball is taking that huge step to... If you know, it's going to be hard to beat us if if we're favored. If we're if we look like the better team, we're going to take care of business. It's no longer kind of playing down to competition. Yeah, and they didn't shoot it necessarily great today. Forty five percent from the field, fifty eight percent from the free throw line. Uh, they get another, as I mentioned, good game from Jazz Shelley. Twelve points. Uh, she's a double double machine. Twelve points, eleven rebounds, seven assists. Uh, also had thirteen from Izzy Bourne today. Not a lot of great performances, but. A win is a win is a win. You finish off your non-conference schedule, and now you look to the Big Ten. Yeah, career high from Annika Stewart. That's a good day. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a very good day. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Nebraska women's basketball, NCAA tournament. That's a nice ring to it. Real quick update, too. I just saw from the NCAA. Or this is from, uh, uh, yeah, from the NCAA on their, on, their, uh, on the playoff, is that if one team forfeit, okay, if one game where two teams have to forfeit in the semifinals, yeah. then the other game will be the championship game. <laughs> so if Georgia and Michigan can't play, Alabama and Cincinnati will be the championship See, game. See, I don't like that. T- I don't like even talking like that. Do you hear any talk like that from the NFL? Never. Yeah. And, and all the talk from the NFL is we're going to get it in, and maybe it, it makes the, the players mad uh, that they have these tight schedules that they have to play, you know, on a Tuesday night and then again on Sunday or whatever the day. You know, that, that seems sometimes unfair. Uh, but the NFL is getting it in, and I wish that would be the attitude of college football. Hey, we're in a pandemic still. Uh, the virus is going to be around for a while. Let's find a way to get these in. But you're dealing with colleges and not professionals. Right. Uh, so colleges tend to conservative on the health side Well, and the college football playoffs are also uh, seeing this now. Um, they're really being they're starting to to take um, precaution here. Media availabilities are going to be moved to virtual settings. No one on one conversations in person, uh, no connections. Uh, and so a lot of 
so I mean, at least they're taking precautions. But you're right. It seems like whether, you know, is the Big Ten <laughs> wanted to get in front of everybody yeah. and just sound like they're the leaders or now college football playoff. Sometimes it's just, you know, make a decision if something happens. Yeah. <laughs> why, why, right. why get all this, you know, seemingly silly rules in play that are going to cause yeah. drama for you? Um, I mean, I get the idea of the no media availability. Yeah. I mean, I, I get the precaution. But, but we've been doing that for a year anyway. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing Zoom calls for coaches for a long time we're kind of used to that in well fact, it's I, back I think it's, it's back it's back in full but the media yeah. i think in some ways like it they can you know babysit the kids and uh, feed the dog and still do an interview That's with right. Nick saban um but it is what it is uh, it feels like it doesn't need to be necessarily that way but uh that's where we are as a country right now there can if if games are canceled i'm gonna go haywire um i mean yeah bowl games one thing the, but the the college football playoffs completely different issue. And from Dennis Dodd too. Now the, the, he says like kind of what you're saying. The college football championship game is is not to be played later than January 14th. It's scheduled for January 10th. So they do. There are at least um, planning for maybe if you have to move it a few days that they will yeah. do that. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, we hope that doesn't end up being the case. But as Bach mentioned, every story you read, uh, whether you're talking about the NHL, the NFL, the NBA, seems to be COVID. Related and now college football has joined the party uh, related to that. Let's get to break. Finish out with pregame. Nick Enrico being next. Download our app by searching 93.7 a ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. This is Tom and Bob. 